0: Welcome to the Bay Area Community Church Podcast. Our mission is to make passionate, maturing followers of Jesus from here to the nations. We hope you will be changed by this message and invite you to visit us in the greater Annapolis area. If you would like to learn more about our church and ministries, please visit our website at bayareacc.org.
1: Good morning, Bay Area family. It is so good to be with you. Thanks for joining us this morning. Our gathering is coming up in just a few minutes, so hang tight. That's coming shortly. But first, there are a few things that we wanted to share with you this morning. In this season, our heart is to help our church family stay connected. Connected to one another and connected to Jesus. If you're a woman, there's one unique way for you to stay connected in this season, and it's through our women's ministry. There are online seminars and Bible studies that are available to you. There's also an awesome opportunity coming up on May 23rd for singles and young professionals. It's a seminar on how to embrace the goodness of God in the chaos of life. And there certainly is a little bit of chaos in life right now, wouldn't you agree? So make sure that you head online to find out more about that seminar or other resources for women. Also, don't forget to reach out to us if you are experiencing hardship of any kind in this season. We wanna to come together as a church family to support you and get you the help that you need. So please reach out and let us know if there's anything we can do to help you. And lastly, if you're new and just joining us for the first time, welcome. We hope that this morning gives you a taste of who we are as a church family. And we would love to meet you. So please let us know that you're here by filling out our virtual connect card. You can find that in the header or in the chat section of our church online platform, or in the comments if you're watching on Facebook. Now we wanna prepare our hearts and our minds for worship this morning. We know this experience feels so different than when we're gathering in our spaces but it's actually a chance for us to engage more intimately with the Lord. What a gift in this season. So we encourage you to sing out in your living room or your kitchen, wherever you're watching, to pray aloud and to follow along with us as we engage and dig into God's word together. So as we focus our attention on him, let's focus on his kindness, his goodness, his faithfulness to us, and that through him, we can have hope and joy in the midst of any situation, in any circumstance. I've been reading in the book of Philippians lately, and Paul is writing this letter from prison, and yet he is still able to rejoice, and he encourages his readers to do the same, to be joyful in the Lord in all circumstances. In chapter four, verse four, he writes this, rejoice in the Lord. Again, I say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your requests be made known to god and the peace of god which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in christ jesus that's good news so let us rejoice in that this morning that the lord is with us he hears us he guards us and he gives us his peace so come on sing out with us let's worship together
0: Well, good morning, Bay Area. My name is Jake Wiedewalt, and I have the privilege of serving on staff as a pastor at our Easton campus. As we continue worshiping through giving, I want to acknowledge the difficult place we find ourselves in economically. Many of us have lost jobs, are seeing our incomes reduced, and that can cause stress and anxiety and uncertainty about the future. And for those of us who have been less impacted financially by the pandemic, Perhaps this is a time that you can stretch your giving to enable us to continue our ongoing ministries and assist financially those in need. That would be an amazing blessing. If you are in need, physically or financially, I want you to know your church is praying for you. We're here to help you. So please contact us through the website to let us know how we can walk alongside you. We also want you to know that there is grace for you in the area of giving. And consider Jesus' response in Luke 21 when he saw a widow put in two coins in the offering. He celebrated her generosity, not for the amount, but because it was done from a heart that trusted God. And when it comes to giving, God's first concern is our hearts and whether we trust him and his provision. And that's why in Matthew 6, in the Sermon on the Mount, he tells us not to worry about what we will eat or wear, He will take care of our needs our only responsibility is to put the kingdom first in our lives knowing that that's where our true treasure is and no matter the size of your gifts uh, let's give from a grateful heart so i want to thank every one of you at all three campuses who has given during this time and i assure you your gifts are having a big impact in the lives of people affected by the pandemic let me pray for our offering lord Thank you. Thank you for who you are and what you're doing in our church body, individually, in the lives of those watching online right now. Lord, we just thank you for this, this opportunity to grow and to lean into you, Lord. Lord, I pray that you would continue, continue to bless us through our giving, Lord. That as you give to us, we would give abundantly back to you, Lord. Lord, again, I thank you. I thank you for this church. I thank you for these people. And I thank you for what you're doing in our lives. In your name we pray. Amen.
2: Well, good morning, church. So glad to have you with us today. My name is Brent Squires, and I'm the student ministry pastor here at Bay Area, and it's my privilege to get to lead us in a time of corporate prayer today. And just to help set the tone, I've selected a scripture, one of my favorite passages of scripture, from the Old Testament book of Zephaniah, chapter 3, verse 17. And I think this uh, paints a picture of God's heart for his children. So listen as I read Zephaniah 3, 17. The Lord your God is with you, or the Lord your God is in your midst. He is mighty to save. He will take great delight in you, and he will quiet you or renew you with his love, he will rejoice over you with singing and again this just paints a picture of how much god loves us how god is with us and he cares for us and as we go to god today in prayer we're going to be expecting that he cares about our needs and that he actively is working in our lives so we're going to trust god for that Uh, on my heart today is our graduating seniors you know, after 25 years of being in student ministry, uh, normally this time of year, I'd be getting invitations to uh, graduation ceremonies and graduation parties and things like that. But this year, no invitations have showed up in my mailbox because those things are largely canceled or at least postponed for now. Uh, And so it's sad and my heart is burdened for for our seniors. So I wanna begin by praying for them. And if you know a, a senior, uh, I want to encourage you, uh, I'll pause during my prayer, and I just want to encourage you to pray by name for that senior that God will touch them. I'll be thinking of my own daughter who is uh, graduating from Broadneck High School and we've had to walk alongside of her and help her uh, kind of navigate some of the loss of her senior year, things like prom and graduation and senior superlatives and other activities. So let's just pray a special prayer blessing over our seniors. And then I'll pray for some other needs and I'll pause there and you can fill in with the specific names of families and individuals that you know, and we'll lift them up to the Lord. So let's pray together. God, we do think of our uh, our seniors. Lord God, we come before you today and we thank you that you say you're in our midst. And so we thank you for being in the midst of all of our, our seniors as they graduate from high school. Um, Lord, they've experienced some loss that uh, no other graduating classes that I know of have experienced. They don't get the closure to their senior year. So I pray, Lord God, that years from now, rather than looking back and uh, remembering what they missed out on, that instead they would look back and they would see how you were walking alongside of them, helping them, giving them extra wisdom, giving them extra discernment, maybe even providing extra financial resources Uh, that they wouldn't have otherwise had. And Lord, as they start to transition out of high school and towards adulthood, that uh, Lord, you would just bless them. Lord, if their next step is college, or the workforce, or the military, or maybe even a gap year, Lord God, that you would so powerfully bless and anoint those experiences, Lord God, that you would get all the glory, even in the midst of the loss that they experienced during their senior year. Lord Jesus, we pray for all the seniors that we know that are in our lives and ask for your blessings on them. Father, we also lift up families to you. I pause and uh, we're going to think of specific families that are in need right now. whether you've heard the names of uh, all the families that perhaps are struggling right now, maybe their marriage is struggling, maybe their uh, finances are struggling, uh, maybe they, uh, their sickness, uh, maybe their stress or anxiety or fear, whatever that might be, Lord God, we lift up our families to you. And we ask, Lord Jesus, that you would provide, that you would uh, be the source of strength, Lord, I pray that parents would have a renewed passion to disciple their children and point them towards you regardless of their age. Lord God, that uh, uh, our our families, Lord Jesus, would would come together and be stronger for having gone through this experience. Lord Jesus, I, I lift up individuals that specifically are struggling with stress or depression or anxiety or fear. And I pause and just allow our body to specifically name those individuals. Lord God, I pray that you would take uh, things like depression and anxiety and fear and that you would replace that with an increased fruit of your spirit. Things like love and joy and peace and patience, Lord God, that those things would reign in these individual lives, Lord Jesus. Lord God, we know that that is your will, and so we can have confidence when we come before you and ask you for that. Lord, I also want to lift up people that are physically hurting today. Maybe it's from COVID-19, or maybe it's, uh, Lord, something unrelated to that, Lord God. But regardless, Lord, for all those out there that are struggling, Lord, I pause and just give our body an opportunity to name them. Care about our eternal lives. You, you care about our physical lives here on earth. So, Lord, as our body hurts, Lord God, we ask that you would show up and uh, heal. That you would touch people's physical bodies, give them renewed strength, restore their health, Lord God, and let them know that you are with them and you haven't forsaken them. Lord God, for all of these needs and many, many others, we lift individuals and families up to you. We ask, Lord God, that you would remind us today that you're a God that is in our midst. You love us and care about us and rejoice over us. We thank you and we praise you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for praying along with us today and let's continue to worship together.
3: We remember what you did We remember what's been
0: Good morning, Bay Area, and welcome back to the St. Cyr household. I'm so glad that you're joining us this morning. I'd like to introduce our youngest daughter, Krisha.
4: She's in from Los Angeles weathering this season with us, and she's going to read the passage from Habakkuk for us this morning.
1: Great. Thanks, Mom. So glad to be here with you all, Bay Area. And now for today's reading, we have Habakkuk 3, 17 through 19. Though the fig tree does not bud and there are no grapes on the vines, though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no food, though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God, my savior. The sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He enables me to tread on the heights. Now, let's unpack this together.
4: Well, this morning, we'll finish our study on the book of Habakkuk. But first, I want to give a shout out to my lovely bride, Mary Kay, because today is our 37th wedding anniversary. And it's been an incredible journey and continues to be together. I love you. Well, some people love the mountains. Other people love the beach. I'm a beach person. That's my idea of a vacation. But actually, the Bible talks a lot more about mountains. Mountains are places of significance in the Bible. For example, Mount Sinai, where God gives his people his law. Then there's Mount Carmel, the place where Elijah defeats the 450 prophets of Baal. There's Mount Moriah, where Abraham offers up his son Isaac. There's also the Temple Mount, known as Mount Zion, where the temple is placed. And then there's the Mount of Olives, where Jesus himself would go to pray. You see, mountains are actually a place of spiritual significance. Mountains represent places of spiritual intimacy with God. They also reflect God breaking in and doing great and mighty things. You and I were made for the mountains. God wants to take us to greater heights. You see, when we get to the mountain peaks, we're able to see the vast horizons and we get a glimpse, a clearer glimpse of what God is doing. When we get on top of the mountain, All of our problems are down below, and we're above our problems. When we get to the mountain, the air is cleaner. The water is fresher. When we get to the mountain, it's a place of great joy and supernatural strength. You and I are made for the mountains. But far too many of us, we live on the plateaus were too content with the flatlands or the lowlands. David wasn't. And David, in Psalm 18, verse 33, he says this, He made my feet like the feet of a deer and set me secure on the heights. David says that my feet are like the feet of a deer. Here's a picture of the kind of deer in Israel that David had in mind. This deer, actually a female deer, was strong and swift and fast and could ascend the heights of the mountains. They had special feet, strong feet that they could grab hold of the rocks and would be absolutely secure. And David says, my feet are like the feet of a deer. God has set me on the mountain heights. That's what he wants for each and every one of us. This is the book of Habakkuk because one of the things that keeps us from ascending the mountains of God are our disappointments and our doubts and our despair. I haven't done a lot of mountain climbing, just a little bit, but I do know one thing. You want to go light when you're climbing a mountain. You don't want anything heavy. You want to shed all of the weights and the weight of despair, the weight of doubt, the weight of disappointment, can keep us floundering in the flatlands and living life in the lowlands when God wants to take us to higher places. The year is 607 BC. The setting is Jerusalem. There are no more good kings on the throne of Judah. And here is Habakkuk, the prophet of God, calling out to God with the question, why? Why are you allowing this, God? Why are you allowing your people to be characterized by such violence, by such unrighteousness and wickedness? Why don't you do something, God? Don't you even care? God breaks in and says to Habakkuk, I do care here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do something so amazing that you're not going to believe it. I'm going to raise up the Babylonians, and they're going to come and judge my people. When Habakkuk hears this, he doesn't even have a category to receive this. God, how could you possibly use this wicked, vile people, the Babylonians, who are filled with greed and sexual immorality and idolatry. How are you going to use them? Why would you use them to judge your people? And then God breaks in again. He gives Habakkuk a vision. This vision is one of judgment. He is going to judge his people in Jerusalem. He will then judge the Babylonians for their own unrighteousness. But then he makes an incredible promise of blessing. In Habakkuk chapter two, verse 14, God says, "'For the earth will be filled with the knowledge "'of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea.'" And then in chapter two, verse 20, I think this is the verse that God uses to break into Habakkuk and to change everything. But the Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth keep silence before him. And Habakkuk is undone. He's changed. He's not the same person. He has ascended the mountain of the Lord and he sees things like never before. He understands more clearly who God is and what are the purposes of God Then he does something that is absolutely amazing. In Habakkuk chapter 3, he writes a song. This is a song of praise. This is a song that was to be sung in the temple while the people of Jerusalem await the Babylonians to come and destroy them. This is a song that would be sung by the people when they're in exile. It's a song of praise to God. It's a song of thanksgiving for his power. It's a song of asking God to break in and work again. Let me read to you just part of it. Habakkuk chapter three, verse two. He writes, O Lord, I have heard the report of you, and your work, O Lord, do I fear. In the midst of the years, revive it, in the midst of the years, make it known. Habakkuk is saying, Lord, I now understand and I stand in absolute awe and reverence of you. And God, would you revive it, meaning your works? Would you break in again and do great and mighty things? And then he says this, in wrath, remember mercy. What a great prayer for us to pray. In the midst of our own despair and disappointment, we we call out to God and say, God, would you break in? Would you do a mighty work? Would you remember us? Remember me with mercy? And then he goes on to exalt the Lord. And I just want to read a few verses here. Verses 3 through 6. This song of praise. God came from Teman and the Holy One from Mount Paran. Basically, he's referring to the Mount Sinai area. He's remembering when God made his covenant with his people. His splendor covered the heavens, and the earth was full of his praise. His brightness was like the light. Rays flashed from his hand, and there he veiled his power. Before him went pestilence, And plague followed at his heels. He stood and measured the earth. He looked and shook the nations. Then the eternal mountains were scattered. The everlasting hills sank low. His were the everlasting ways. This is a song praising God for his power, for his purposes, for his everlasting ways. Here's what's remarkable. Nothing's changed. The circumstances are absolutely the same. The Babylonians are still coming. Yet Habakkuk has changed. Sometimes God chooses not to change the circumstances, but he always chooses to change us because he wants to bring us to higher ground, to higher mountain peaks where we see his glory And he reveals his power to us. Habakkuk is so radically changed that now he writes one of the greatest affirmations of faith in the entire Old Testament. I want to read it to you beginning in chapter 3, verse 16. I hear and my body trembles, my lips quiver at the sound, rottenness enters into my bones, my legs tremble beneath me, yet I will quietly wait for the day of trouble to come upon people who invade us. What is he saying? He's saying that my lips are quivering, that my legs are trembling, that my bones feel like there's even rottenness in them. What he's saying is, from a human standpoint, I am absolutely fearful and afraid of what's about to happen, yet I will wait. I will wait for the day of trouble to come upon the people who invade us. In other words, God, I will trust you that you will bring about justice in your time. And then he goes on to write these words though the fig tree should not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines. The produce of the olive fail, and the fields yield no food. The flock be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls. This is not something hypothetical for Habakkuk. This is not theoretical. This is actually going to happen. The Babylonians are going to come, and there is going to be no fig trees with blossoms. There will be no fruit on the vines. There will be no food and no herds and no flocks. It would be like this for us. I wrote a little paraphrase. Though there be no food in the grocery stores, Though the economy crashes and my 401k tanks. Though my boss fires me and my doctor says it's not good. Though my marriage hangs by a thread and my children walk away and death strikes my loved one and I lose all my possessions. Habakkuk goes on. Yet. I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. Now note, his joy is in someone. It's not in circumstances. It's not in whether the Babylonians are defeated or not. His joy is in the Lord. We hearken back to the Apostle Paul in Philippians chapter 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. He says, I will take joy in the God of my salvation, my salvation. You see, joy is always the emotional response to something. It is a response to grace. Habakkuk is taking joy in the salvation that he has from the Lord. This word, rejoice, It literally means to jump up and down, to celebrate with singing. And the word take joy means to run around in a circle. And so what Habakkuk is saying is, I'm so filled with joy that I'm jumping up and down and I'm celebrating God. I'm so filled with joy that I'm running around in a circle, dancing with joy when i think of this i can't help but think of my grandson billy when he was three years old he went and saw for the first time a parade and this is the epitome of joy verse 19, Habakkuk writes this, God, the Lord, is my strength. He makes my feet like the deers. He makes me tread on my high places. God, Jehovah, Lord, Master Adonai, God, you are my strength. It reminds me of Isaiah chapter 40, where God says those who wait on the Lord will have their strength renewed. They'll mount up with wings like eagles. Here, instead of using the image of an eagle, Habakkuk says that he makes my feet like the deer's. He makes me tread on the mountain peaks, on my high places. You and I can have deer's feet. Our feet can make us safe and secure, strong and swift to ascend any mountain, to go above any challenge with the help of the Lord. God wants to take us to new mountain peaks. The question is, how? How did Habakkuk do it? That's what I want to know. How did he go from a person of worry to a person of worship? From a person who was sighing to a person who was singing? From a doubter to a person of great faith? I have struggled with despair and disappointment many times. Um, I think about a 14-year-old girl who drowned in a sailing accident. Dear friends of ours, I think about a three-year-old boy, almost three, just a precious little boy, who got a virus it went to his heart and he died that night. I think about being in India and over 1.2 billion people in India don't know Jesus. I think about South Sudan and the tribal fighting that takes place where children are being kidnapped. and. Sometimes all of these things, they just throw me into a place of despair. How do I get out of it? How, how do you get out of your own disappointment? Well, I wanna give you two words, two words to hold on to. The first word is actually found in the name Habakkuk. Habakkuk means wrestler. That's exactly what Habakkuk does. He wrestles it out with God. Some of us think that I can only approach God if I have my act together, that my performance needs to be right in order for me to to entrust myself to God, not Habakkuk. Habakkuk calls out God. He pours out his heart. He shares all of his emotions and disappointments. You see, the Jews, they understood something that we don't they understood lament. And when you read the Psalms, many of the Psalms are Psalms of lament. Let let me just read one of them to you. Uh, Psalm chapter 13. It reads like this. David calls out, he says, "'How long, O Lord? Will you forget me forever?' How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I take counsel in my soul and have sorrow in my heart all the day? But he ends this way. I have trusted in your steadfast love. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. What we need to do is to bring our despair, our disappointment, our doubts to God and wrestle them out. In the process of wrestling, We have to focus on who God is. That's what brings Habakkuk out. He realizes that God is a holy and a just God, that God is absolutely sovereign and in control, that he has his purposes. He raises up nations and puts down nations and that he is good and loving. When we do that, we wrestle it with the Lord. There's one other thing that God calls us to do the second word. Are you ready? It's the word faith. It's found in Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 4 where Habakkuk, God says to Habakkuk, the righteous will live by faith. By faith. Faith is when I place my full confidence and trust in God. Faith has to have an object the object of our faith is God. Faith doesn't rely upon feelings. It doesn't focus on circumstances. Faith is confident conviction that God is who he said he is, and God will do what he says he will do. And this is what we see with Habakkuk. Great faith. The Babylonians are coming, and yet his faith doesn't focus on the circumstances around him his faith isn't consumed by his feelings inside him his faith isn't looking at the consequences ahead his faith is in the lord god almighty now we as followers of jesus living on this side of the cross our faith is in a person the person of jesus In Romans chapter 1, verse 16 and 17, Paul takes Habakkuk 2.4 and applies it to us. He says that, I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it's the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes. And then he adds, for the righteous will live by faith. You and I are called to a life faith. That means focusing our eyes, fixing our eyes on Jesus. Regardless of the situation around us, regardless of how we feel, we are people called to faith. Now these are two words and I promise you that if you will grasp these two words, wrestle. I'm going to take my doubts My disappointment, and I'm gonna be like Habakkuk. I'm gonna be a wrestler. I'm gonna pour my heart out to God. I'm gonna focus on God. Then I step out in faith and I remember the righteous will live by his or her faith. One of the things that, honestly, here puts me in the greatest despair is when I look around me, I see so many followers of Jesus on a plateau. They're living their life in the valleys. They're living on the lowlands or the flatlands when God has called us to take higher ground. He wants us to ascend to the mountain peak. I think of of someone who was walking with the Lord for 30 years, then something happened, led to disappointment, and now they're just so complacent. I think of a college student. She was absolutely on fire, she made some poor decisions, and now she's plateaued. She's just on the lowland. I think of people who have just, for whatever reason, got too busy to keep connecting in community, to keep worshiping at church, and now they're not ascending the mountain. Do you know that God wants to give you supernatural joy and supernatural strength He wants your feet to be like the feet of the deers so that you can ascend to the mountain and you can see the glory of God, look out over the horizon, be drawn into intimacy with God and experience the power of God. He wants us to take higher ground. And one day, you and I are going to breathe our very last breath. And at that point, God is going to ascend us to his high and holy mountain and we'll be with him forever and ever. Our faith will be perfected and we'll experience his glory. But between now and then, my prayer for you and for me is that we'll keep wrestling and being people of faith that take higher ground for Jesus. So Father, I pray for each and every one of us. I pray that we would remember Habakkuk from doubt and despair to faith and strength and joy. I pray that we would be a people that wrestle with you in this regard. We pour out our burdens, our despair, our doubts, and we focus on you. Then we step out in great and bold faith and you take us to the summit, to brand-new mountain peaks where we can see your glory, experience your presence, and know your power. Make it so, in Jesus' name, amen.
1: Thanks so much for joining us for our online gathering this morning. Don't forget, if you're new or simply want to connect with us, fill out our virtual Connect Card. You can find that in the header or the chat section if you're watching on our Church Online platform, or in the comments if you're joining us on Facebook. We look forward to seeing you next week. Have a good one.